This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 15th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. What people don't understand about trade can hurt us all, and politicians are more than happy to take full advantage. Scott Lincecum, a trade attorney and adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute, discusses the many enduring misconceptions about trade. There's one fact about trade that I think if most people understood, they would be far more uh, supportive, and that is most of the stuff we import into the United States is used by Americans to make other stuff, and that these are necessary imports. Correct. Um, you know, there's a, a, a serious misconception that everything we import, we it's all cheap T-shirts. Um, reality is that between 55 and 60 percent of everything we import uh, per year uh, is used by American manufacturers to produce other stuff and to remain globally competitive in producing that stuff. Um, so that misconception alone um, creates a dramatic bias against true free trade and in support of an export-only mercantilist policy of the sort you, you hear all the time in Washington. But it also renders, I think, irrelevant a lot of the picture of imports versus exports that we see, like a lot of the data. Well, if you understand that more than half of this is stuff we use to make other stuff, then a lot of those charts and stats don't mean a whole lot. Exactly. Uh, you know, one of the big problems we have right now in the trade debate is that even free traders are pushing a mercantilist export-centric uh, um, message. And what that does is it implicitly reinforces the idea that imports are bad and that meaningless statistics like the trade deficit are a scorecard of sorts. So when the trade deficit goes up, we're winning in trade. Or sorry, when the trade deficit goes down, we're winning in trade. When the trade deficit goes up, we're losing. Um, the reality couldn't be further f from from that. Uh, and again, the idea that, that most of our imports are used by American manufacturers um, is a testament to how uh, ridiculous uh, those types of statistics are. So uh, you and Dan Eikenson have written about this subject uh, for a long time. How do free traders uh, fall into this trap of this scorecard-ism, I guess? Oh, it's uh, very much a, a, a product of uh, focus group, poll-driven uh, messaging. The idea that Americans, so they like exports, so we're going to talk about exports. And they're afraid of imports, so we're never going to talk about imports. Well, as Dan and I repeatedly argue, it's extremely self-defeating. So not only do you have the problems with the trade deficit and the rest of these uh, meaningless statistics, um, but you also miss out on some of the fundamental truths about free trade. Um, in, in our opinion, the most notable is that um, free trade is a moral thing. It is about permitting uh, consumers and producers to engage in mutually beneficial voluntary transactions to their own benefit. Not only that, protectionism is some of the uh, most obvious cronyism out there. Uh, what we have are protectionist tariffs that are basically earmarks. Uh, they support the domestic sugar industry. They support, support uh, a shoe manufacturer at the expense of American consumers and the economy more broadly. So the only difference between a tariff and an earmark is that the money comes out of American families' pockets instead of the general treasury. Um, I think the, the other major 
problem with free traders' message is they ignore the fact that the American electorate in general is extremely uh, malleable on this subject. And, and what I mean by that is that if you look at the polling data, if you really look at the breakdowns, um, you see Democrats and Republicans' views on trade uh, shifting significantly depending on whether any politicians and media outlets are speaking uh, kindly about it. And we've really seen that in the last few years. So after four years of basically ignoring trade, President Obama has embraced a, uh, albeit mercantilist, uh, trade strategy, but nonetheless a free trade strategy with FTAs. And in that time, we've seen public opinion polling, particularly among Democrats, spike in support of trade. And that idea really belies the fact that we should be using uh, polls to uh, on polls of people's views on exports and imports to guide what is such an obvious and ethical uh, message on the, the benefits of free trade. Now, uh, you point to Gallup polling here, and uh, during the 1990s and early 2000s, Americans viewed trade more of as an opportunity uh, than a threat. And then we had some, the weak economy of the late 2000s. And a lot, of, pro and a lot of protectionist uh, rhetoric. Um, as you'll recall, particularly in 2008 and 2009, uh, China bashing was uh, really in vogue, particularly their currency, but also uh, more broadly, we saw politicians desperate to promote American products and American manufacturing and to denigrate uh, our global competitors. Um, and this had an obvious effect on the polling. Now, in the last couple of years, as I just said, we've stopped that to a bit, to, a, to a, an extent, and we've seen the polling uh, shoot up right in the process. And I would argue this is not a coincidence and that a, a sound message on trade from our political leadership and from free traders generally could do a lot to ensure that we never have another one of those dips. Now, yeah. how much is public opinion influenced by essentially the unemployment rate, by uh, you know concerns about the economy as a whole. Well, it, it definitely plays a part. But if you look at the issues that Americans uh, are most interested in, trade is never in the top ten. Uh, and again, this is an indication that uh, people's views on trade and imports are pretty loosely held among large sections of the American electorate. And so while they might have uh, certain insecurities about uh, the economy uh, when an unemployment is high, uh, they really don't focus on trade. That tends to come more from our political leadership, particularly uh, politicians that are looking for excuses for why their bad policies haven't worked and manufacturers particularly looking for excuses for why their management policies haven't worked. So it's always easier to blame China than to look inward at your ridiculous tax or regulatory policies. Uh, how much blame is due to um, free trade uh, for the decline in manufacturing employment in the United States over the past 35, 40 years? Right. Way too much. Uh, the reality is if you, if you take a look at the general trend in manufacturing employment over the last several decades, uh, it turns out that we've been steadily declining since 1979, which was our peak manufacturing employment. Now, during the first 
bit of that decline, trade was just a rounding error in the United States economy. Uh, and then if you look at subsequent decades when we started trading more, the decline remains rather steady. So the reality is, and this is backed up by loads of, of empirical evidence, that globalization has played only a minor role in the decline in manufacturing employment, that instead things like technological improvements, productivity, uh, and just changing consumer tastes are really the driving force between, behind the decline in employment. I would add that while employment has been declining, manufacturing output in the United States continues to rise. We remain uh, either first or second, depending on the, the year, uh, in global manufacturing output. Um, not only that, other countries like China um, and particularly those in, in Europe uh, have also seen declines in their manufacturing employment levels, again indicating that this has nothing to do with cheap Chinese or other imports. It has everything to do with amazing increases in productivity. Scott Lincecum is a trade attorney and adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.